A note. Following advice from work-life imbalance may lead to action being taken by HR, your family, the authorities, or higher powers. Life and Balance, an advice show focusing on workplace and lifestyle issues. Any resemblance to actual advice, living or dead, or actual wisdom is purely coincidental. I'm your unemployed couch surfer, Frank Eastman. <laughs> and I'm your lovable office companion, Derek Lewis. <laughs> Today we'll be discussing looking for a job in the deep dive before we answer an audience question and an issue from the internet. But first... So, A, I'm still very sorry that you got fired. <laughs> we we got like we got so many people on Twitter that laid were like, off, "Oh my not god!" Fired, Derek. Oh, excuse me, sorry, sorry, sorry. You got laid off. We had so many people on Twitter that were like, "Oh my god, is he okay?" We we thought we thought y'all were just kidding. And we're like, no, you, you actually you actually got fired. But uh, but no, you know, cat uh, Frank is a cat. He will. He will land on his feet and then go shit in a box. Like, yes. he is, he will be fine. But before we started, I wanted to give a super special shout out to our our very first donor, Chad Fackler. Uh, he's been a good friend of the podcast and has been so great to interact with. Uh, and we greatly appreciate his kindness and excitement. This episode is officially dedicated to you, Chad. Uh, we're also going to be posting a picture of him wearing some amazing work-life imbalance swag uh, on our uh, still name-pending donor wall on the WLICast website. Um, it, we probably would have a name for it already uh, if he weren't the first donor ever. So, <laughs> <laughs> so big if, thanks uh, to Chad. Yeah, big thanks to Chad. So while we're on the topic of Chad, uh, Chad's wife, Jen Fackler is doing an event called Over the Edge for Victory, where they rappel down a fucking building, a skyscraper. That <laughs> seems a little extra. Yeah, I, I agree, but, like, it, that's what you got to do in this day and age. In the, the day of, or, or the, the time of Instagram and Snapchat and stuff, you really have to, to just pull no punches in order to get your message out into the <laughs> into the ethos. Um, no ice bucket challenge, huh? No, that that was yesteryear. <laughs> this year, that's repelled out a fucking building. <laughs> repelled out a fucking skyscraper. Um, but they are they're raising money for the Victory Center in Toledo, Ohio, which provides free wellness services to cancer patients in the surrounding areas. If you would like to donate to Jen's campaign, go to bit.ly forward slash Jen over the edge. That is J E N over the edge and donate to a great cause. If you do, you have our thanks and theirs <laughs> down a wow. fucking building. Frank, I, I was going to say, if there's, if there's a good <laughs> cause for jumping off of a building, I guess that's it. Yeah, I, I agree. But, um, she, she has way more fortitude than, than all the rest of us combined to, to literally, <laughs> I mean, facing your fears is one thing. But like, just saying, I, I don't know. <laughs> if I tried to rappel down a building, the <laughs> resultant friction from my gloves on the rope would cause me to burst into flames. <laughs> oh, as God. I scream, the Wilhelm scream plummet to the earth. For for like like fifty stories too. Like I'm sure I, I don't know exactly what building they're they're repelling off of, but it is a it is a skyscraper, so it's at least like twenty, thirty, forty floors. Um, that'd be a decent while to scream on your way down to your inevitable death. Look, I do not mean for us to sit there and and Jen, if if you listen to this podcast, I'm I'm not trying to scare you. I swear to God, I am not. <laughs> I am merely projecting. I am projecting my own problems uh, into your situation, and I am very sorry. You got it. You can do it. 
It'll be fine. <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you, Jen. Thank you, Chad. And uh, if anybody else wants to to donate to us, that would be fantastic. Uh, we'll have some more information at the end of the podcast. Uh, but we will put you on the donor wall as well if you want to send a picture. You know that would be fantastic. Um, preferably not the normal type of pictures that I receive. A lot of a lot of dick pics and things like that. Not really the say, brand. Unsolicited we're going for. dick pic is not not necessarily <sighs> unless yeah. it's in a little tiny work life and balance t shirt. <laughs> Okay, I I retract my previous statement. If it is a penis in a very festive, uh, small, or I guess it doesn't have to be small. Mostly, uh, I'll be just impressed that they got the uh, the printing to come out on, on such an <laughs> itty bitty little package. <laughs> those, those screen printers are often a lot, you know, way too big for that. Um, but no, we we will be impressed by your ingenuity, but we may not post it on the site because it's it's not Tumblr. We're not like that. <laughs> Anyway, Frank, I forgot we were doing a podcast here. Uh, Indeedy, do we you, are. Why don't you hit me with that daily stand-up? All right, so today's daily stand-up is, is probably less exciting than people jumping off of buildings. I, I did not mean... I, I know that's a tough act to follow. I did not mean to, <laughs> to steal the wind from thine sails. Oh, you, you didn't take the thunder out. So it, mine is about <laughs> Wait. two... <laughs> Sorry, that, that sounded like a like a terrible euphemism. <laughs> <laughs> Everything I do is a terrible euphemism, Barrett. <laughs> Pardon me while I take the thunder out. <laughs> anyway, one day you'll get to do the daily stand-up. <laughs> so I was going to talk about two old men who escaped a nursing home in Germany. Okay. In order to attend the Wacken Music Festival, which is the largest open-air heavy metal music festival nice. in the world. Nice. Okay. Yeah, they, they ended up getting uh, nabbed by the cops after the, uh, the nursing home realized they were missing. And now they, they found they... them at 3 a.m. at the festival. Okay, I was about to say the, the important question is, did they actually get to go to the festival? I mean, get to is a strong word. Did they actually attend oh, yeah. the festival? They they were at the festival when they were picked up. Good. See, I I feel that these are the type of heartwarming stories that we don't get to hear. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, and, and I also know that like other countries are a little bit different about like people breaking out of things. Like, I know like some of the Scandinavian countries, if you break out of prison, like they're like, uh, we we get it, like. People don't want to be in prison. Like, it's a natural tendency to break out of prison. Uh, so I, I guess that, you know, this would be kind of the same situation. It's like, we know you don't want to be, you know, locked in essentially a building with, you know, a lot of other people that are, you know, that are not doing so hot. Uh, you probably want to break out and go do your own thing. So I, I hope that they were not <laughs> they were not put on solitary confinement in this retirement home. Um, but I, I imagine... <laughs> I mean, just imagine if that happened here. Like, it'd be like a fucking episode of Jailbreak. Like, <laughs> they'd send them back and uh, put them on, you know, put them under lock and key permanently. But uh, so, so what? What was the uh, the outcome of that? Did they did they get like some high fives or maybe? A I mean, I think everybody has guitar. been pretty excited about it. Uh, it. There was nothing to say that any of the uh, the musicians actually were were able to take note because this is a humongous festival. I'm talking. Really? I think it's like fifty thousand people. Jesus and in fact, Christ! I am That's surprised they managed to find two old geezers in in the oh, festival a, grounds at all. That is a great point. I mean, because most of the the music shows that I've gone to were not they weren't festivals, but people didn't clear out right away. So I mean, being it, it being a festival, like there were probably people going to the wee hours in the morning and then some. How the fuck did they find two old? I maybe those were the last two old guys at the concert. Maybe they were like, "Has anybody lost a pair of dentures while headbanging?" And were pointed in the appropriate direction. Uh, yeah. Did anybody go into the mosh pit and lose a uh, prosthetic leg or some sort of ostomy bag? Um, 
Oh. Although if I know metalheads, they were probably like really cool to the old guys. So, and hey, it just shows that you can keep on fucking rocking no matter how old you get. Yeah, that that bodes well because I th- I feel with the exception of maybe I don't know. I think I went to probably like 15 or 20 like hardcore shows before the age of like 25. Um and I've only been to like two since then. So um, I kind of feel like I've hit the downward slope of attending uh, metal concerts. So, you know, maybe maybe after I get through this whole, like, being an adult thing, and uh, I'm like, you know what? You know what I want to do now? I want to go back to metal concerts. You know, it'd be great to, to be received back into the metal community. That'd be cool. Yeah. And, I mean, by then, my hearing's already fucking shot anyway, so it's not <laughs> like I'm going to be doing any damage. That's actually a good point. It's like, at this point, metal's the only thing I can hear. It's like old people in (laughs) hard candies. They're like, well, you know, after a certain age, your taste buds and sense of smell start going. So it's like, there's only a few things, hot, spicy food and and, uh, Werther's Originals that you can actually taste anymore. (laughs) So maybe it's like that with metal. It's like, "Eh, the only thing I can actually listen to anymore is metal. Hmm. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I think you're right on another point of you know the, the fact that the metal community, there's some some parts of the metal community that are a little bit um a little bit divisive. Like they they want to say that you have to be like a hardcore fan in order to be a hardcore fan. Um, but by and large, like a, a lot of metalheads, you know, kind of see their their kindred or, or see their kin and are like, yeah, these guys are. I, I don't care who you are, you can you can come and mosh with us. Um, that, that's a pretty heartwarming thing. Like, I think the most extreme version of that are, uh, <laughs> the followers of the insane clown posse. Um, oh I yeah, think... the, the ICP folks, those guys are, uh, what, what are they, what do they so call them? Uh, juggalos. Juggalos. That's it. I, I think juggalos, they have formed a bond that really just kind of, it kind of crosses all barriers between, you know, age and sex and race and all this kind of thing. Like it is, it is actually, you know, taste. once you <laughs> taste, once you cross that barrier into being a juggalo, uh, you are embraced by the warm, loving arms of an entire community of people that, um, you know, just want enjoy room temperature fago. <laughs> That is one of their core tenets. I'm not going to go too deep into the cut about their their core tenets, uh, but you know, no, it, I'm it's not very heartwarming. With no juggalos. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've got. I have nothing but love for uh, the peaceable juggalos. They they have come to. I, I honestly, I think there's some sort of like um, in every city. There's a signal that they that all the police chiefs have so that they just like just shoot a spotlight of a hatchet into the sky and all the juggalos come out of the woodwork to <laughs> to help with whatever you know uh, oh, oh god the the dam is broken <laughs> call the juggalos <laughs> yeah you got to you got to love a group of people that sticks together that well but uh <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I want to call the juggalos per se. Like they might make the right. damn break worse. Right. I mean, they're trying to help, but <laughs> they're a rowdy type of folk. So I could see them being like, "I guess we got invited to this really cool swimming party." Right. I mean, you kind of got to think about the tool for the job type of thing. You know, when all you have is a hatchet, everything looks like a block of wood. So, you know, they they bring their hatchets and just start chopping at the dam. It's like, no, that's not helping. But, you know, <laughs> they're trying. That's fine. <laughs> not the most effective signal uh, in the world. You know, I, I guess uh, y- you can have your discussions about the effectiveness of the bat signal. But um, I don't know. <laughs> but, I mean, they they work for Fago and face paint. So it's usually pretty pretty affordable. Right, pretty affordable uh, on that. Um, so, looking at this uh, music festival, it looks like one of the headliners is Judas Priest. 
oh, which wow. was formed 50 years ago. So maybe the old guys <laughs> broke out of the clink in order to make their way over and, uh, and rock out to, to Judas Priest. That would probably be worth it. I'm, you know, if, if like the headliner was like Nickelback, I don't think, um, a, I, I get it. They're probably not at the metal festival, but it's funny if you think that they are, <laughs> if they were at the music festival, they, they probably would not break out for Nickelback, but you, uh, so what, what other acts are there? What else we got? Uh, let's see. We've got, uh, we've also got Danzig, Hatebreed, mm-hmm. oh. In Flames. Oh, running wild, arch enemy, (laughs) uh, Eskimo Callboy. (laughs) I don't know Eskimo Callboy, but I love the name. One of these is not like the other. Holy shit! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, that's one thing. There is one criticism that I think is fairly sound: is that the the names of metal bands, by and large, are not great. Like, I think by the 80s, they kind of ran out of all the good ones. I mean, you know. They just range all over the place, you know? I mean, you've got everything from In Flames to, like, you know. Eskimo Cowboy. <laughs> Eskimo Cowboy. <laughs> I'm, I'm hard-pressed to think of another one that's, that's the a best little more pull. out there than Eskimo Cowboy. <laughs> No, that that is the best poll we're gonna get on that list. Yeah, but uh, you said it was called the the Walken Festival. Walken, uh, W A C K E N. It's in Germany. Mm. When when you first said it, I was worried where you were going with this because I thought it was some sort of like Christopher Walken uh, festival, which I can get behind. I'm just like curious. It's <laughs> like what are the the. Uh, what do they call it? Conventions for Elvis impersonators. It's it's a global convention for all the Christopher Walken impersonators. <laughs> oh, I could see the two guys break out of the uh, the old folks' home in order to go impersonate Christopher Walken. <laughs> it's like finally somebody we can we can imitate. <laughs> and Christopher, I mean, he's at this point, I believe, approximately slightly older than Methuselah, and yeah. is still a much better dancer than I will ever be. So. Oh, absolutely! Cheers to him. Yeah, what was the uh, what was the video? I think it was Weapon of Choice by Yeah, Fat Boy Slim. Fat Boy Slim. That <laughs> the moves he was busting in there were pretty impressive. Uh, I, I think that if if they had uh, if anybody for any reason asked me to do those moves, I would just have to decline. Um, but that that was pretty. That was a pretty good music video. Um, it was a very very repetitive song, as is most. Of Fat Boy Slim's repertoire. I was gonna say electronic is kind of like that, though, right? Generally speaking, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't know. I don't do anything that would be classified as fun. I have heard that before. You have said that before. I have said that before. <laughs> Want to jump into the deep dive? Yeah, let's do that. So I think this one is going to be a little bit more of a. We'll call it an open discussion topic this week. <laughs> uh, the, the topic for the deep dive this week is job hunting. Frank, you've been pounding the pavement a bit this last week. What words of wisdom do you have for our wonderful, wonderful audience? <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know about pounding the pavement at this point, Derek. I've, I've already given up um, spending most of my time on the couch in my underwear Watching so, Netflix. Honestly, so, I was kind of hoping that you had a line in on something, uh, and you could help a brother out. Oh, oh goodness. Um. <laughs> no, I. I mean, looking for a job is one of those things that you hope never to have to do after getting a job, and then invariably end up having to do again after you've got that job. Right. Or you end up wanting to. You're like, man. I really want to get a new job. I don't like right. this job. And then you start the process and you're like, oh yeah, this sucked. I guess <laughs> I like is... this job that I already have. Okay. Right. This this is why I haven't left already. Um, but I, I think you bring up a, a, an interesting point is that there is a huge difference in searching for a job 
because you want to and searching for a job because you have to. Um, yes. Because <laughs> all with the exception of the, like the one I talked about last week, I have left my job after already having another job. Um, all of my software gigs, I have, you know, secured other employment and then gone to work at a different, uh, different company. And well, la-dee-da, braggart. I'm not trying to brag, Frank. I'm just <laughs> making fucking conversation here. Um, but no. So, yeah, in, in all cases, I had already lined up another job. And, you know, there was this sense of um, maybe one. I had the sense of, you know, I, I have to take this job or else, you know, I'm going to go crazy. Um, but for the most part, you know, I did have this kind of feeling of I know that I'm okay where I'm at like obviously I don't love it for some reason like there's some reason that I'm that I'm kind of casting a net and seeing what uh, what comes up see if I can find anything else but you know you have this sense of you know I'm okay so let me see if I can find anything that is just strictly better whereas if, <laughs> if you don't have a choice um, I, I and, and you know not not trying to be like in any way um, flippant about this, or or like trying to be obvious about it. Like I, it it really had not necessarily occurred to me how much more difficult the 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 kind of calculus was. Is that do you take the first job that you that you that comes to you because you you have to have one, or do you still have some leverage on getting uh, holding out for one that you that you really want. Like, how do you, how do you balance that calculus? And, and that's the math that you've got to do. Like that's one, it's not very easy math Two, I mean, we, we work, we're in the city, but it's a relatively small city. And right. while there's, there's a lot of, uh, jobs in our particular industry, our industry is still small enough that everybody knows everybody. Right. So about 10 minutes after you get laid off, everybody is like, <laughs> Have you heard he got laid off? <laughs> and immediately your your leg to stand on in terms of uh, negotiations is kind of cut out from under you because everybody's like, hey, how are you doing? Heard you got laid off. Looking for a job real bad, ain't you? <laughs> I heard you're desperate. I heard you're hot up for a job. <laughs> I mean, working in our industry is, is also, um, I think, something of a special case. Uh, because it's it's very common for us to have recruiters, um, right. both internal to the organizations and sort of private uh, recruiters who are out there looking to fill positions or looking to get people into jobs, right? Uh, that are that are paid for, you know, by the organization. Uh, so, like, if if you've got a recruiter that you're working with, they're going to try and get you placed at the organization because the organization is essentially going to pay that recruiter usually a percentage of, like, your salary, which is a sort of a incentive to them to make sure that you get the most that you can because they're going right. to get, you know, a, a vig off of that. But that makes looking for jobs a little bit different. Like, there's not a lot of pounding the pavement in, in this industry. It's more like... Right. I've got to spin up the recruiters, and recruiters are at their heart sales guys. Right. So they are real <laughs> intense <They> people. Are. <laughs> so I, you know, like, the the way I term it is is literally, I'm like, well, I guess I got to spin up the recruiters. Right. Because it takes a little while to get them engaged. You know, you got to start reaching out to folks that you know and be like, oh, hey, so I'm in the market, uh, need, to, need to find a new position, wondering if you had any openings that you were looking to fill anywhere. But once they've, you know, once the blood's in the water, right? Then then they get to work, <laughs> and and you know it, it's kind of funny that we we've talked about the fact that at least in our city in our industry there are, there are a lot of like overlapping lines that you know whenever you know somebody gets laid off from company X, like lots of recruiters from five or six other companies will will kind of get a line dropped either. Yeah, you know, whenever I know that whenever you got when you got laid off, you know, essentially I the, the moment you told me, I literally sent my recruiter uh, for my company an email that said, 
you know, Frank is a free agent. We're we've got an opportunity here. And, you know, that that's one way of getting the information to the recruiters. But I am surprised at how many I guess I, I think uh, before I got my current job, I had I guess I had sent an email to, to some recruiter um, that was that was in state that was you know essentially in the area. And all of a sudden I started getting calls from recruiters out of state. Oh yeah. How the fuck did they get that information? Like what did, did, is there some sort of like dark web database for people looking for software jobs? Like how did, how does that happen? I, I was in the wind for two days and I got a recruiter from Irving, California. Oh, wow. (laughs) <laughs> who was who was like, would you be interested in this position that is not actually suited to your skill set at all? And I'm like, that's a long way away from here. Right. To ask me if I want a job that if you looked at my resume, you would probably see I'm not necessarily suited to or qualified for. Right. <laughs> I, I got one like that uh, a few months ago. And it was while I was still kind of transitioning to this new job, and I, I forget what the actual role was. I think it was a DevOps job, and you know I'm a I'm a software engineer, and you know DevOps is an incredibly important part of the overall landscape of of providing software, but it's not necessarily the same thing. And I've done some DevOps, but you know those skills don't necessarily translate. I mean DevOps professionals do certain things extremely well and software professionals do certain things extremely well. And one of the things that both of them do really well is is piss the other one off, which is (laughs) not not marketable, but it is definitely something that, that is certainly present. But, you know, they were, they were like, Hey, you know, do you want to like go to Texas or, or something and do DevOps? I'm like, no to both. (laughs) No offense to Texas. But the thing is like, if I move out of state, it will not be a metaphor. I will metaphorical... not do it in a car. I will not do it quite that far. <laughs> it will. It will not be a uh, metaphorical or literal lateral move. Like I will have to go further north because if I'm leaving my my home domicile city, I want to make sure I go somewhere that is that is further away from the fucking sun. Like I am not. <laughs> I'm not going to some place <laughs> that is of a hotter climate than the one that I'm currently in. Uh, a, because it is nigh impossible unless it is like, you know, the, the fucking equator. But, uh, you know, I want to go someplace that is, you know, far, far further north. So, no, I would I would not have taken that. And I haven't gotten recruited by anybody or, or approached by anybody in the north like all of the ones that have recruited me have been in, you know, Texas, Arizona, um, Louisiana, Florida, stuff like that. Atlanta. That's because you know, they're Georgia. looking. Because I mean, there there is a fairly significant brain drain uh, towards the Pacific Northwest and the West Coast in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, for for a lot of the large, you know, Amazon, Google, Hulu. Right. Netflix, everybody is out on the West Coast and the those jobs are very one they're very lucrative, two they are very prestigious for people. And right. so you've Absolutely. got you know anybody who is a a hot shit software developer, you know, out here by us is to some extent looking to, you know, like I can be a big fish in a small pond here or I could be an even better paid small fish <laughs> in the big old ocean. Which is not necessarily a, 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 a terrible thing. You know, it, and, and this, I guess this could kind of go to a, a, a getting hired or, or job hunting discussion. But you know, one of the things that as a software developer, you know, like, like you said, those, you know, Amazon, Google, Microsoft, like those type of jobs are uh, somewhat dream jobs in, in a way. You know, they are certainly prestigious. They're certainly if somebody leaves your company to go to Google, you're like, oh, wow, that's you know, that's that's significant. Like that is that is crazy that they um, a survived the fucking you know selection process because, you know, it definitely is extremely rigorous and time consuming and soul crushing because they are 
they are not going to take people that are less than the best. And, you know, in order to do that, they have to send you through 10 rounds of interviews, which are extremely, extremely, um, it's difficult. Honestly, you may be in a better position if you've already been laid off from somewhere because then you have the time off to go. (laughs) (laughs) I've got the free um, time on my hands to interview at Google. Right. But, But some of the problems with going to a place like Google or Amazon is that, you know, there aren't, I mean, I don't know any percentages, but there aren't a lot of developers that make their entire career at those places because they are. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, they are they are high intensity. Yeah, they they literally like will take developers and just run them ragged for a year or two and then they'll go somewhere else. Now, that's not necessarily that's not necessarily terrible for anyone because the developer now has, you know, Amazon, Google, whatever uh, on their resume now, which which will be a you know, huge mark of pride. It'll be, you know, a, a huge boon for anybody else looking. Um, it might it might possibly exclude them from a couple of things because if if like if you want to move to like a smaller town and they see some hotshot that worked at Google is coming to interview at their company, they may be like, I mean, we we can't possibly we can't pay afford one. that guy. Yeah, you can't afford that guy. So before they even give you an opportunity to to take that, you know, you get essentially tossed out the door, which not not great. And there are lots of other things that could put you in that same category, like having too much experience or um, having too good of qualifications for the job. Um, that is something that that happens occasionally. Hopefully, essentially, the, the point of, of this part of it is that when you're job hunting, one of the most important things you can do is to make sure that you are not just a piece of paper in front of somebody. Make sure you're not just an email or a cover sheet or something like that. Getting to talk to somebody is is one of the most important things to to job hunting because i mean i i have worked and reworked and reworked my resume 30 40 times like i've only been in the industry for 10 years and i've worked oh, reworked yeah. my my resume that many times and each time you know somebody will tell me or each time i'll go an interview they're like oh we saw this in your resume and we didn't really think and this is how we this is how we took it and I was like, oh, well, that's not really the way I intended it for it to be taken. Then you rework and rework. If somebody just gets your resume out of the blue, there's not a whole lot. I mean, they, they're not going to get the intricacies of of what something means. And it may mean something different to them than it did to you. So, you know, being able to talk to these people and actually um, talk to recruiters and talk to, you know, management or, you know, be great if you knew somebody at the company, but some way to get a human voice. The The way that works, though, is literally over 60% of all jobs are gotten because you know somebody that already works at the organization. Right. And that's that's <laughs> pretty much across all disciplines and across all markets and, and fields. Uh, is, is you've already, you know, you've got someone on the inside. Right. Who can, Derek, put in a good word. Uh-huh. <laughs> and and they might be able to you know get you past a couple of those gatekeepers. So before you Derek. continue, I do want to discuss one thing. So how do you handle if somebody's applying for your company that you really don't want to work for your company? This is unrelated, I promise. But mm-hmm. it's pointed, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> Let's see how it is, Derek. <laughs> So okay, let, that, let me that let, has let me actually go back. happened to me before. I was going to generalize and ask if you had had an, an instance where you were hunting for a job, you knew somebody at the company, and it actually held you back. Oh, I haven't had that situation happen to me. I've had the okay. reverse From happen to other being on the people. other end, right? <laughs> yeah, where where someone is like, oh hey, I noticed that this person has on their resume that they worked with you at such and such. How were they? And my response is like. Mm. <laughs> well, uh, it it doesn't feel great to kind of sweep the leg out from from under somebody, um, but I I too have had a couple of instances where I, you know, I worked pretty closely with the person, and I and and it may not even be like a skill thing; it may just be 
like a an emotional chemistry or uh that sounded weird um yeah well sometimes you just don't get along with anybody yeah it it, it might just be like a, a a personality thing like they're just not going to mesh well with the team and that's not like i said it's not an intentional dig against them you know maybe i'd say you know hey they're they're not right for our team but they're but it's not that they're not right for any team so well, it was worth a shot anyway. I'm not gonna sweep. I'm not gonna sweep the legs, Frank. I will. I will pass. I will get your my people in touch with your people, and see if we can't work something out. My uh, my BP card has stopped working, so I think you're gonna have to push the button, and we can take the elevator down and kip on over to the bodega and pick up a six or a natty ice. <laughs> no, 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 Frank. Instead of that, I mean. Look, you are my guest. We are. I'm taking you on the tour of the uh, the new building that you might be working at. So you can go with me to accounting, and you can discuss the the terms of your employment. <laughs> that sounds real nice, Derek. That sounds real nice. <laughs> well, we'll see what we can do. All right, want to go into the review retrospective? Let us do that. Time for a daily, or not daily, weekly dose of listener praise. A little real life, a lot of fun. Five stars, IQTR Sam. There's some great chemistry here. Both hosts are a lot of fun. I like how they touch on real work-life issues and inject their own perspectives on them with just the right amount of humor. Good job, guys. If there's anything I'm good at, it is injecting my own opinion onto a topic. So, I'm glad that I could provide that service. Next up, Original. Five stars by Joel Weckerly. Nice back and forth between Frank and Derek. Love the concept. Officially subscribed. That's right, Derek. That's that's like our second fan. <laughs> Excellent. I, once again, I don't know who that is. And I am so thrilled. I, I'm quite enjoying, uh, I'm quite enjoying it. It, it was, it's very interesting. Like I, I was not necessarily expecting, and, and we'll go into truth town for just a minute. I was not <laughs> expecting there to be any sort of outpouring of sympathy when when we sort of released an episode about me getting laid the fuck off right like i'm just i kind of see doing the podcast like i enjoy doing the podcast and i enjoy doing the podcast uh as well as i can like that's right. my goal yeah but i don't really necessarily see it as like i i like i could be putting it out into the ether Right. And and I'm okay with that. Like that's a thing that I I specifically I'm not, I'm not in this for the fame or the money or anything like that because there's that's no really fame fucking no good. Money. That's yeah, yeah, it's a good it's a good thing that I'm not in it for the money cuz uh <laughs> with the exception of Chad, it has been a a a loss. <laughs> but that's fine. And so I was very surprised when there was an outpouring of of sort of sympathy on on Twitter and everything. I was <laughs> It almost like my heart grew two sizes that day. Not three, just just two. We're not just two. I'm not a fucking Grinch, <laughs> right? <laughs> There's a lot more work to do with you. Yeah, <laughs> but but thank you all. Yeah, yeah, thank you all for the uh, the reviews and and keep them coming. All right, Frank, roll that theme music. <sighs> <laughs> what no no lip biting or inappropriate comments <laughs> i just i don't have it in me right now derek i'm like <laughs> the job hunt's taking I'm, it out of you job hunt's taking it out of me man <laughs> you gotta save all your lip biting for uh for the in-person interviews <laughs> i'm i'm mostly just like i might just sing hard rock candy mountain i I I know what you're referring to, but it's a, it's a depression era hobo song. Okay, I did not know that bit of context. I'll put that in my pocket to never use again. 
Um, <laughs> you never know when you're going to have to haul out depression arrow hobo traveling songs, Derek. <laughs> I think I'm a little further from it than you are, though. <laughs> Just get to the indie <laughs> podcast shit. Gather round, kitties. Let me spin you a tale of audio adventure from two fat guys so pale. We found these shows and we laughed till we pooed. And we've got a feeling that you'll like them too. The Indie Podcast Corner. (laughs) It's time for the Indie Podcast Corner. In this segment, we take a few minutes to tell you about a new podcast that we've been enjoying that we think you'll enjoy too. Our featured show... Hold on. See, the devil got your tongue because you've been saying wicked things, Derek. Yeah, it knows I've been talking shit about you. Our featured show this week is the Cinematically Correct Podcast. The hosts are Tyler and Shay, and it's a movie podcast by a couple who just got engaged like last week. So congratulations, guys. And they're Um, doing a podcast together? It's weird. You'd think that... (laughs) <laughs> that's that's going to be a short marriage. Well, their their relationship started, you know, they, they were already together and they started the podcast. And during the podcast, they got, you know, engaged. That that's great for them, but not the expected outcome. Like their relationship got stronger with the podcast. Hmm. How does that work? Because we're we're like cats and dogs over here. <laughs> I agree. Um, I mean, I, I, I left the company that we were, we were at together because I, I had to get away from you and lo and behold, you, you try to follow me. Um, (laughs) so they just got engaged. Uh, they disagree on a lot of things that have to do with movies. Um, and they watch and discuss movies with the expected outcome of, you guessed it, disagreements. Uh, they're both very funny and their discussions are very lively. Um, chances are at least Tyler, probably Shay were on a debate team at some point. Um, pretty sure any, any argument I was in with them, I would lose. So, um, I will not be arguing with them uh, on Twitter. Um, mm. <laughs> they also, my knife, I'm going to go looking for them. I uh, if, if you want to take the reins and, and go toe to toe, that is perfectly fine. Fuck it. I will set, we can set up a guest spot to where it'll be the both of us, you know, hosting on their podcast or coming on to our podcast. Podcast. And they can pick me the fuck apart. <laughs> I will stand up and walk over and then limp back to my own podcast. Oh, <laughs> uh, they've also started doing some, some great, uh, kind of short YouTube videos like the recent video where they compete against one another to pronounce Icelandic words the best. <laughs> um, I will Reykjavik. say, yeah, that's that's the only one I got. <laughs> I will say it was a it was brutal and it was close, but uh, but Shay did win, and then they then they inflict punishments on one another and then they film it. <laughs> For the last one, uh, Tyler lost the Icelandic words challenge. And he had to film himself doing a kickflip on a skateboard. (laughs) So what you're describing is now this has become the next installment of the Saw franchise, right? (laughs) Do you want to play a game? The loser has to do a (laughs) kickflip. Oh, no, but that, I mean, the... that's that's how I die horribly. <laughs> um, I used to skateboard, so uh, excuse me, I used to try to skateboard. There is a video that exists somewhere on a VHS tape of me uh, essentially trying to like jump up onto a, a like a like a cooler, like a that you put some drinks in, uh, and I like clip the top of it and just fucking beef it right on top of the cooler. Um, it was, oh my god. Uh, one of so my that's friends on YouTube somewhere, right? No, I wish it was, but he 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 actually lost the VHS tape. I promise I did not burn it in some sort of dark ceremony in my backyard. But no, I wish I could find it because like <laughs> see, 
him showing that to other people, including an entire room full of, of students um, in the class that we were in, that built a lot of character in me, Frank. And you know what? I, I've thought this I'd is, like to do this that. This is who hurt you, isn't it? <laughs> it it didn't kill me. It just made me stronger. Um, <laughs> so, But it killed uh, him. Saw 14. <laughs> I mean, I, at this point, they're running out of ideas, so they might as well. It's a great time, a great show. They are at Cinematically C, Cinematically the letter C, on Twitter. Go check them out. What Does It Matter Podcast, a non-topical solution for your topical problems. Movies, pop culture, music, foul language, you got it. WDIMpodcast.blogspot.com. Also follow us on Twitter at WDIMpodcast. The fun never ends, and it's something real. I really right, want to Derek? find that video. I, I, I really desperately want to find the video of me, like, <laughs> just just eating shit on top of that cooler. <laughs> I was say, just eating <laughs> shit on that cooler, huh? And, like, the sound effects are perfect because I'm, like, you just hear me kind of, like, because they, they call it an acid drop. Like, basically, you just kind of, like, hop on top of something and then you just jump off of it and kind of throw the skateboard underneath you. Um, I didn't even get that far, like... The, the skateboard part was irrelevant. Like, I just couldn't jump on top of the fucking cooler. And uh, and the sound effects that came out of my body, it was like... Thump, 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 thump. It was so beautiful. It, it was my... It was my least proud moment, but also one of the... One of the few pieces of video that exist of me. You know, it's really sad. There's only like... I would say there's probably 10 videos total of existence with me in it, uh, two of which are musical theater, and one is me just eating shit on top of a cooler. Um, <laughs> 30% thirty of my body of content in the world is uh, subpar, I gotta say. <laughs> I mean, people beefing it is pretty much like 15 to 20% of the internet, the rest of it's cat videos. <laughs> <laughs> see here's the thing like you know we might want to diversify the brand a little bit like okay. you know, the, the uh, other podcasts they got into making videos and stuff and here's the thing like cat videos are big and <laughs> I have a lot of cats <laughs> you have what some might describe as a plethora of cats <laughs> too fucking many cats is how many cats that we have here too many cats, too many cats. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> too many cats, too many cats. <laughs> oh. uh, all right, Derek. You want to get to an audience question? Yep. Show me what you got. Here's a question from recent news: What would you do if, like Chris Hardwick, your ex came out with some of your bad behavior and it imploded your career? Would you fight back, or would you slink away and try to reinvent yourself? Sent in by Yes But Why. Wow. This is a... This is a loaded question. See, uh, this is what happens when we ask for audience feedback, Derek. I'm regretting at least one thing. So, the, the thing is, is that... What do you do? Um, <laughs> for me... The honestly, the worst thing that somebody could come in and say about me um, that would wreck my current career is that like the thing that's most likely to wreck my current career is this podcast. Yeah, that that is a that is a close second. Um, but you know, what what would actually probably wreck my career is if somebody started spreading the rumor that I really liked uh, VB6 or VB.net. Um, that would probably put me on uh, the short list to <laughs> to no job town. But yeah, I don't I don't know. I I think I would have a hard time reinventing myself. Like the thing is, 
there are two things that that I have found in my life that I am passable at. One of which is, you know, making some people laugh, like not everybody, but making some people laugh. Um, and the second of which is is software development. Like beyond that, there's not a whole lot of reinvention. Like there's no reinventing this. This is there is scrapping this this project like like scrapping this entire person and just going on the next one like we're talking reincarnation here like if i had i would have to be a completely different person in order to reinvent what about you frank i mean uh yeah i think i would have to become hank west woman <laughs> and <laughs> new social security <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't get over. What do you say, Hank West woman? Uh huh. I there. Yeah, that that would definitely be my my. No one would ever figure it out. It's the exact opposite. I'm gonna do some my googling. Name. I I feel that wasn't just a random poll. Like that feels too too prepared <laughs> to be random. Uh, I'll I'll just make a note for later. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I may or may not have secret identities hidden throughout. So that if anything blows up, I can just throw a smoke bomb and <laughs> step into a new persona completely. And the good part about it is that you have uh, you have East and West in those names so that you can tie them to a very clear geographical location so that you can keep them separate in your mind. That is exactly that's that the is key is, is to be able to key on to something uh, <laughs> and make that switch internally. That is a remarkably, that that is a very smart way to do it, and I I applaud you. Um, although I, so okay, we got to got Frank Eastman, uh, Hank Westwoman. Um, okay, well, but uh, um, yeah, I don't like this. This is a difficult and sort of uh hard question to to come across. I think the good news is. I haven't been a shitbag to anybody. <laughs> little uh, little prima strategy guide for not being called out on doing shitty things is to yeah, just that... not do shitty things. <laughs> I got the cheat codes to that one. And got the, got the game fucking genie for that one. <laughs> it's down, down, left, left, up, up, right, right. A B A C A B B don't do that shit. <laughs> be, be an okay fucking person. Oh. Be a human being. That's a good start. <laughs> and hey, I get it. I have trouble with that one sometimes. <laughs> but you're not necessarily bad in a way where people would like I don't know. Isn't it has no like sexual overtones to the way that you are you are bad to people. Like it, it's it's more of an innocent type of bad. It's like oh, <laughs> Frank threw me out a window again. Ha ha ha. That's it's yeah, what is it? It must just be a regular opportunity, Thursday. right? <laughs> nobody, nobody is safe from being uh, fenestrated by Frank <laughs> or defenestrated. Excuse me. Yeah, I mean, fenestrated is possibly where I toss them into, <laughs> into a the window. window? <laughs> <laughs> is, is that actually the... So defenestration is being tossed out of a building through the window. That's correct. Is fenestration the act of being thrown into a building through the window? I gotta say, Derek, we've cut too deep and I don't know. I'm gonna go ahead and say yes. Okay, good. Yeah, All right. it's it's definitely <laughs> that one. <laughs> I mean, it makes most sense. Like, it could be kind of like the, the etymology of the word could have nothing to do with, like, the D in front of it, the D-E, which normally is the, the opposite of something. So, uh, in lieu of actual knowledge, we will say that fenestration is the act of throwing somebody into a building through the window. I mean, to be honest, it's probably more applicable these days. Like, defenestration has kind of gone out of style. But all kinds of things still get fenestrated, you know, uh -huh. baseballs, the occasional badly tossed newspaper. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a pretty useful term. I I agree. Um, 
you know, whenever you said that defenestration was no longer popular, I was going to say, make some sort of terrible joke about some sort of terrible wordplay about how it had gone out the window. Mm, I see. I see your joke. <laughs> and I raise you. Uh-huh. An issue from the internet. <laughs> I believe. I believe that is our that is our best play here. All right. For the issue from the internet, <laughs> this one is by user Christ on a Cracker. Uh that's a pretty good username. I wish I not, could have gotten that. It's not bad. Um, in parentheses, out beside it, it says, Flip Dip Skip Nip. I will, I will repeat that. Flip Dip Skip Nip. <laughs> a lot of, yeah. lot of uh, sibilant letters and plosives in there. So I hope you all enjoyed that. Um, I mean, it's a thing that you do in Iowa. Um, so a lot of people outside of the Midwest might not have heard the Skip Dip Nip flip. <laughs> so, so what you're saying is I should have repeated it a third time so that you could properly execute uh, the aforementioned joke. <laughs> All right. So the uh, the question is, my boss does this weird thing. So I've noticed my boss has some weird mannerisms. He acts like he's upset, but he isn't most of the time. He'll call me over and be like, Richard. Did you finish this? If I say yes or no, the response is similar. It's just a, a stern, good, or okay, get on that. I was telling him have a good weekend, as I do every Friday. He said, okay, bud, you too. Fifteen seconds later, he says, Richard, be safe. <laughs> what? What is this? And, and to, to top it all off, my name is not Richard. <laughs> So this guy is definitely the boss that I aspire to be. <laughs> Cuz I mean that's the ultimate that's the ultimate power move is just to continually call someone by an incorrect name. Right. Daring them to correct you at some point. <laughs> so my my question is is it that his boss doesn't know his name? Well, okay, no, 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 back up. So the the question is, is the boss using an intentionally different name for every person in order to do a power play, or because they realize they're failing, like that they are not able to memorize names very well, they just call everybody Richard, and then they don't have to remember anybody's name, because it's like, oh, don't worry about it, he calls everybody Richard. That can get kind of confusing when <laughs> when you open the door and ask for Richard, I guess. But, uh, yeah. I was going to say, you can do that, but the way that I get around not ever remembering anybody's name is just with, you know, hey buddy and the finger guns thing. <laughs> Frank, you gave me a lot of shit about the finger guns thing. You can't just pull it out as if, like, you invented them. Like, <laughs> hey, yeah. <laughs> hey, you, did you do that thing I told you to do? Um... <clears throat> I will say it is it is actually a lot easier nowadays. Uh, like if you work with somebody, like you know somebody's on your team or on your floor or you interact with them, ever. Like typically anybody that I work with, I've sent them an email, so like I know, I know their first and last name. Like I don't necessarily have to like have perfect recall when I walk up to them, um, but I can like check the Outlook address book and make sure that like okay. I'm not about to call him like Jeremy and their name is Steven. Like I can do a quick check to make sure because I am super paranoid about calling somebody by the wrong name. Like I've worked around <laughs> some of the people I work with. I see them every day. I, I say hi to them every single day, but I still have this mental checklist of, okay, I know their name is, is this. Am I sure their name is this? I was, <laughs> If I thought about it, to call them a name, I would call them this name. Am I sure that's the right name? Like, I have this, like, horrible mental cycle of making sure that I know the, the person's name. So so I know that to be a boss these days, you have to be too busy to use a computer or email. That does Everything seem to track. Everything has to be done through your phone. 
Like okay. that suggests that you are so busy that the only way that you can get work done with as many directions as you're being pulled in is to do it via email. And so I could see where that little bitty screen could cause some confusion as to what people's names are. Right. <laughs> yeah, because the, the search features on uh, Outlook on the phone, not as robust, I will admit. Exactly. <laughs> and so it might just be that, you know, it was like Richard was the guy below you in the email and he just got confused. Mm-hmm. I can see that. All right, so the the part of this that I definitely wanted to, to touch on is the fact that like the you know he he told his boss have a good weekend, and the boss said okay, bud, you too, and then he has a fifteen second delay, and then he says, Richard, be safe. <laughs> that that seems so extremely dramatic. The two ways this goes: one. And the more likely one by far is that his boss is psychic. Okay. And was warning him to keep him from accidentally, you know, sort of if he realized if he if he waited 15 seconds and then interrupted him, he would be a split second later getting home than he otherwise would be. <laughs> and somewhere on the road, you know, he misses getting into a massive car accident. Right. The 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 other the other one that is far less plausible is that his boss is horribly socially awkward <laughs> and gets caught up in his own head and is always very late to saying anything. Right. <laughs> so he's in this perpetual cycle of, uh, what do they call it? Well, stare or something? Fridge thoughts? Uh, yeah, fridge thoughts or like stare thoughts. Um so, but like this guy does not have the the self control <laughs> to to not say them. Like if he waits if he waits long enough, like he'll have to like go chase the guy down in the parking lot to tell him to be safe. Like <laughs> so, sometimes there is a uh, amount of time that has passed before you can you can say something. Like if you're in an argument with with somebody, you know they they kind of dunk on you in the conversation. You can't just come back like 15 minutes later <laughs> and like throw an insult at him. You got to do it in the moment. Yeah, uh, there's a 10-minute time limit um, between the end of the conversation and and the closing of the window uh, for you to make any clapbacks. So I, I will have to push back on this a little bit because I feel like what this boss is doing is um, is definitely weird. And I, I mean weird, you know, it's, 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 a, it's an idiosyncrasy thing. Um, I, I don't think that that's what normal people do. Um, so I would say instead of a 10 minute window, um, I think it has to be a 10 second window. Uh, because, you know, <laughs> honestly, if I was in a conversation and I knew that I had a 10 minute window, I would like, you know, as soon as I got dunked on, I would go away and workshop something for 10 minutes and come back out with the, the most like serious, you know, well thought out blast I possibly could. Um, or I mean, is this it... is how I win all my arguments, here, so I don't know <laughs> but, what you're talking about. But is it like a chess timer? That that's my question. Um, so if if like like does everybody have a ten minute uh, allotment of time that they can that they can step away to workshop, you know, reposts in the conversation, or is it like you know you have uh, every time you 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 have to go away, you can come back you know, up to 10 minutes later. Because if it's like a chess timer thing, then, you know, somebody uses their entire allotment of 10 minutes in one fell swoop, you know you got them on the ropes. <laughs> because, like, all of theirs are going to have they don't have any instant. more time left. Exactly. Um, yeah, that's how it goes. That's how it goes. I mean, you burn them to the fucking ground, and you know you've got them if, like, it takes them five minutes to get their reply ready. <laughs> Oh my god, I actually want this to be a thing. I want this to be a competition. Kind of like uh like uh what was that one that uh that uh they hosted it was like a a, a yo mama competition or something. I oh god. I was going to say I think the rap community has already beat us to it in a lot cooler. I mean, sure, but but the thing is is that theirs is been is built on like 
uh, on speed of response, on, you know, coming up with something instantly and then delivering it and see who can do the best one. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, like, coming up with the best crafted insults or or, you know, retorts, responses that you possibly can, given, you know, within a conversation, uh, a 10 minute time limit uh, total. So, I mean, how creative could your comebacks be if you knew you had up to 10 minutes total in this conversation to go away and come away with something interesting? It, I, you know, I'm picturing this is already going to go over really big on Twitch. Oh, Christ, yes. Like, absolutely. Like, you could even have, like, you know, some sort of OBS software or whatnot, like, showing the, the individual timers. Oh, it would be huge. Th this may be the part where we say, uh, trademark, because... <laughs> dibs, guys. Dibs, dibs. We've already got this one. Dibs, I think dibs. we found where we're going to expand our brand. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. No, no ice challenge for us. No. <laughs> 10 minute time limit per conversation uh maximum maximum dunkage conversations i like it we'll we'll workshop the name i'm not confident that we that we hit it on the first try but we'll we'll get there <laughs> we'll call it burning down the house maybe i can get behind that i mean it 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 might be a little bit um a little bit ethereal for what we're trying to accomplish, but like I said, we can workshop it. We don't, we don't have to come up with it right now. <laughs> we call it dibs. We got time on the idea. <laughs> dibs is legally binding, by the way. <laughs> All right, Frank, you want to punch the clock? No, Derek, I don't, because I don't have a job. I'll, I'll clock out, and then I'll meet you in the, I'll meet you in the parking lot with those daddy ices. <laughs> All right. I mean, we could go to the bar, but you're gonna have to buy. Um, <laughs> we'll go. But I'll I'll get you back later. Uh, can we get one of those uh, college bars that have like the the cheap well drinks? I think we can get. Oh yeah, we can get good and rightly fucked up on those. <laughs> Two dollar wells is where it's at. <laughs> gonna make me cry. All right. Thank you so much for listening to the show. If you'd like to support us, you can buy us a coffee or two at bit.ly forward slash W-L-I-K-O-F-I. That's W-L-I coffee. You can also visit our merch store at bit.ly forward slash W-L-I merch. If you have any questions you'd like for us to answer on air, send them to questions at WLICast.com. You can visit us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash WLICast or on Twitter at WL Imbalance and use the hashtag WLICast. This has been the Work Life Imbalance Podcast. I'm some guy. <laughs> I'm I'm the other guy. And with that, I think we're going to have to transfer you. <laughs> uh, have you heard the haint again through my audio equipment? Not since we started talking again. All right. Maybe I got maybe I exercised to that particular demon. Yeah, we called we called the Hank Busters. <laughs> <laughs>